to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at a time ladies and gentlemen that means you i am your host naja roberts and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery today is november the 16th and what a great day it is it is a lot going on in the cryptocurrency space in fact as i read some of the headlines i feel like dion warwick when she used to be uh telling the future i'm sure she still does that but um Man, all I can do is say, I told you so. And so I'm hoping that our community, as well as our celebrities and some other folks, are starting to pay attention to the fact that if you are in a new space, you need to educate yourself before you endorse and put yourself uh, up in front while these companies do whatever they want to do. So we've got a lot to talk about in the cryptocurrency space today. But the Bitcoin quote that I got, someone took it. It was Mahatma Gandhi's actual quote. And it says, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. And that's Mahatma Gandhi. But somebody turned it in to say, First, they ignore Bitcoin, then they laugh at Bitcoin, then they fight at Bitcoin, fight Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin wins. And I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, every bone in my body knows that we are going to win because I see what's happening. I am watching them try to take this opportunity and get people totally turned off of the space. And that is not what this incident is about. So I'm super excited to be here with you today. Uh, as we educate ourselves on money, of course, Mrs. Lynn Richardson did an incredible job on our first hour of the midday money chain. And I'm going to just follow it up with a little bit more about old money, but we're going to come into the cryptocurrency space and really have you kind of understand some of the things that are going on. So as we all do know, uh, Bitcoin, I'm going to do the market report first before I really get into uh, the nitty gritty of what's going on, because I want you all to have a real proper perspective of the price action right now. And we're still trading sideways as we have been for a while. We may be a thousand or two lower than we were on Bitcoin, but I am telling you, Bitcoin is on sale and I'm excited about it right now because you can get an entire Bitcoin and um, be among the the richest bitcoiners in the world because there's only going to be 21 million of them and if you have one you're just in a good space so with that being said bitcoin right now is trading at 16,500 it's up in the last hour 0.27% is down in the last 24 hours 1.38% and it's up in the last 7 days 2.6% Ethereum is pretty much the same. It's at 1,200 right now, up 0.44%. 
and in the, that's in the last hour. And in the last seven days, it's up 5.4%. And then some of those other cryptocurrencies, of course, you know, they're, they're following the lead. And it's typically the same thing. But right now, uh, most of the coins are up in the last hour and then in the last seven days they're also up and so they tend to mirror kind of what bitcoin is doing so i'm just going to continue to say that so maybe you understand how important it is to have the thing and not the thing that is supposedly replicating the thing and so that's just my down-to-earth talk we're not going to get all fancy and into all of these uh big words we just need to understand you need the real deal and you need to hold your keys if you don't have your keys you don't own any coins and so we got to make sure that we're getting our cryptocurrency safe and uh, we talked about that yesterday and hopefully you were able to glean in uh, on what we were we were what I was sharing yesterday and if you weren't able to do that uh, you should be able to go to KBLA and listen to the replays they're all there I understand um, that they're putting them up if they haven't already you should be able to see um, those actual uh, past shows, especially if you're new to cryptocurrency. If you go all the way back to when I first started, I really started to educate and let people know how we got to this space. We've had a couple of questions about um, how or what Bitcoin is, and we can't actually just reiterate on every one of our shows. So I want to make sure everyone knows that there are podcasts on KBLA's website that are available from day Day one that will help bring you to where we are now and then in your leisure you can just listen um, we're coming up on the end of the year and we've had some fantastic uh, shows this year and I'm looking forward to helping highlight those as well but please go back and do listen and when we come forward ladies and gentlemen we will jump into the cryptocurrency conversation and we will talk about uh, some significant things that have happened in Bitcoin history today is actually a bitcoin holiday it's not necessarily a bitcoin holiday but a day that you all need to know about because it affects our community all the time this is kbla talk 1580 in a moment more with Naja roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on kbla talk 1580 you're listening to ahead of the crypto curve with Naja roberts on kbla talk 1580 All right, welcome forward. So there's a couple of days that we've actually skipped over um, this month, and I wanted to kind of go over them because I really pride myself in making sure that you are understanding this space in its totality. And we have Bitcoin Logo Day. And um, Bitcoin Logo Day is the day that this actually, this symbol actually was created that right now symbolizes Bitcoin and a gentleman by the name of Whitfield Diffie and Martin E. Hellman released their proposal for a breakthrough in cryptographic communication, the first implementation of the public-private key pairs for secure communication over public channels. And um, if you read their paper (laughs) entitled new direction of cryptography 
you will be surprised to find out that this paper was done in 1976. And I have told you all before, Bitcoin was the killer app that made blockchain uh, come to the forefront. But blockchain had been around and this was not the first cryptocurrency. This was actually the first one that worked the way that it needed to. And so uh, in 1976, November, um, there was this white paper and it was talking about coins and those sorts of things. So you can do a little bit of research on it. I know a lot of people say, what? We thought this just started 2008, 2009. No, it had been going on. There was a revolution to change money, to change the people in power and all of those things. And so when Bitcoin came along and was successful, everybody just jumped on it and really understood the power of what us having a self-sovereign money could actually do. And then we have um, a gentleman that on this day in 2014, he uh, was overexcited about Reddit and accidentally omitted a word and unknowingly earned his place in the bizarre, hilarious uh, history of Bitcoin. And that's where we get this Hottleman uh, huddle from. And so, um, you know, words, we try to figure out where they come from. And now we say huddle stands for hold on for dear life. But what we do understand and the story and the rumor is, and you'll walk around sometimes and you'll see people with shirts that say huddle, H-O-D-L or hats that say huddle. And that's Bitcoiners who are holding on. They will never sell their Bitcoin. If they need to take a loan against their Bitcoin, they will do that. Um, but they're making up these words. And so rumor has it that this gentleman was drunk and actually mis put his letters backwards and that's how he came up with HODL. But HODL is everywhere. Everywhere in the cryptocurrency space you'll see them referring to HODL. So just so you know what it is it's the word HOLD spelled incorrectly and now they've made it the acronym for HOLD ON FOR DEAR LIFE. And so that's what we're doing in the Bitcoin space. So when I say be calm and HODL uh, that's what I mean. Be calm and hold on for dear life and why am I saying that because right now there are so many things going on in this world our debt levels have actually exploded in every single government across the world when measuring as a percentage of the GDP which is a gross domestic product we can see that they are 150 percent 200 percent and even 300 percent right now across this world in a paper that was actually written by Hirschman Capital um they were talking about since 1800, 51 out of 52 countries with gross governed debt greater than 130% have defaulted. Now, if, there, if we're looking at history, and history is a clue as to what is going to happen, um, any 
government that is over 130% has had to default. And I just got finished saying that mostly all countries, including this one, 150% over, 200% and even 300%. But what most people really don't realize is there are two two types of defaults. One is a deflationary default and the other is an inflationary default. And given the information we have, we actually know which one the central banks and the government will choose. And we also know the playbook that they used last time using history as our guide. We can see the central bankers ran for this once before about 80 years ago and it's their plan to do it again but 80 years ago is a long long time ago and nobody remembers that which is why we need to use history in the new report as our guide and see what they're going to do in this playbook Having a playbook ready allows us to bob and weave and pivot fast. And we can pivot fast enough to win in this ever-changing environment. And so as we look at uh, the difference between deflationary uh, default and inflationary uh, default, there is a lot for us to learn. And um, we'll probably jump into some of that and help you all kind of understand the difference and where we may be headed and what we need to do. And we'll have a discussion about that. But I just wanted to make sure that you all know um, that the central bankers and the Federal Reserve Bank are really trying to do the same thing that they did 80 years ago. And I don't think that that is going to fare well, especially in this Uh, information age where information travels so fast and it's at everyone's fingertips. Um, They're going to try to use an old tactic with a new community. And I will tell you after being at Afrotech and looking at and talking to some of these progressive children of ours, I'm talking between the ages of 18 and 38. They are not taking any any hostages at all they're just doing their thing and and asking for forgiveness later and so we've got a lot to try to figure out as it relates to us maneuvering and bobbing and weaving around this inflation right now uh, in in reference to the spending us really making sure that we're creating a safe haven for our community for ourselves for our families and so we've got a lot of a whole lot of work to do and so uh as we look at um the news right now and and again i think what i'll do is go ahead and revisit uh inflation even that kind of gets into the old money space which lynn covered a little bit um a couple of days ago but we may get into that so we can really understand how bitcoin is able to not be a deflationary thing and so um, we'll get into that in just a second but I'm looking at this news really quickly because we've got some updating for you to do and a lawsuit was actually filed a cryptocurrency uh, class action lawsuit was fi- filed and it named Tom Brady 
Steph Curry, Steph, I told you, I don't know why y'all don't listen to this little old lady. Shaq and Naomi Osaka was among some of the celebrities sued in this class action lawsuit, along with FTX. They also sued the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Tom Brady. And um, this lawsuit was filed against FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried and all of those people that I just named because of the fact that they pushed and promoted this platform. That's why I tell you all be very careful of where you go. But I also tell other influencers as well as talking to the station and and individuals that are looking to actually um advertise and things of that sort I am very careful what I put my name to and who I get in business with and it's really important in this space but Brady's ex-wife was a supermodel her name was Giselle uh, Bunchkin and there was also David Larry David and Shark Tank personality Kevin O'Leary a lot of people the Golden State Warriors they are all prominent partners of FTX and I'm sure that Lori Lightfoot from Chicago is going to be somewhere tied up in that as well because she put a whole headquarters in the hood for Sam to be able to sell stuff to the community and keep their Bitcoin which is a basically what they did and they're being named in this lawsuit saying it was a fraudulent scheme the lawsuit claims that FTX was designed to take advantage of unsophisticated investigators I mean investors from across the country who utilize mobile apps to make their investments and it was filed um and FTX actually filed for bankruptcy just a couple of days ago. And, you know, I don't know where this thing is just getting bigger and bigger. And with them naming these uh, celebrities, I really hope, again, celebrities are really careful not to get entangled with these companies because it is not a great thing um, for them, for their reputation. When they get ready to do some things um, in the future, people won't believe it uh, or believe them because of the fact that they get behind these, these programs, these platforms. They don't know anything about the owners. They don't know anything about the history. They don't know anything about the coins and they're just being paid to say something. And so, um, right now FTX owes consumers $11 billion with the B. And yes, I know a couple people that fall under the umbrella of this $11 billion that is missing so far. And it is unclear how much or if any damages any of these other celebrities will have to pay to these consumers. Because if people come forward and say, hey, I got involved with this exchange just because I saw this commercial, 
these celebrities are going to be held liable for that. And that it is exactly why you don't hear too many cryptocurrency commercials or any other products or services around cryptocurrency. And it's not that I don't want them and I don't want our community to get involved, but I want to make sure that everything that I am talking about, I can back it up. And so I use the products. I use the interfaces. I see how easy it is for the novice investor, for the advanced investor, for the black and the brown investor. That is what this is about. It's not just about getting people thrown into the space. People need to be in the space correct. And these celebrities have not the time, the energy, or the wherewithal, most of the time, the knowledge to really speak intelligently about these platforms that they push. And so I hope this is a major lesson to them all. I also know that they're taking the FTX name down off the stadium uh, where they were had naming rights and they're going to probably be sued about that as well because the money had already been paid for the next several years or whatever that looks like. And so I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm keeping an eye on the federal re- regulators and all I can say is I believe that they're going to be some sort of sh- charges coming down the pipe from all different types of governments from all around the world, specifically those who really believed in what was going on with FTX and believing that they were the second biggest platform out there and that they were doing what was best for the consumer. And I cannot, just cannot forget having the conversation on the phone or on the Zoom with all of Auntie Maxine's attorneys and individuals that were trying to learn about cryptocurrency and they just kept telling me over and over that they were majorly concerned about um, consumer protection and so they couldn't really work with us, they didn't want to work with us because they were really afraid of what consumer protection looked like in this space and I told them over and over that education is the biggest consumer protection we can provide but again you know they chose to do something different and they chose to get involved with you know with FTX and that's kind of where they wound up so with that being said ladies and gentlemen as we move into understanding uh, more about the cryptocurrency space more about what has happened and really take a look at what they have been doing with FTX which we do the complete opposite because we give everybody their Bitcoin in their wallet they become self-sovereign immediately Um, that's what everybody needs to do even if you're buying on the Black Wall Street wallet and I will say it have no shame in saying it buy on the Black Wall Street wallet but take it off and put it into your own private cold storage device Device. Once you get enough Bitcoin to be able to go ahead and buy an actual cold wallet device, it's imperative that you do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, we after we come with our news, traffic and sports, we're going to talk about deflationary um, the inflation and inflationary uh and, and just make sure you know what inflation, deflation, all of those things are as it relates to money. And uh, when we come forward, we will jump into that conversation. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve, and you are listening to the Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. 
We don't try to be all things to all people. We just remain true to who we are. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Looking for legitimate political discourse? Without the bear spray, tune in and speak out. KBLA Talk 1580. So we've been talking about inflation and defaulting and currency and Bitcoin and all of those things. And so I just want to share why Bitcoin is technically an inflationary currency, even though its purchasing power is increasing. So um, we're going to talk about this for just a few minutes. So inflation is commonly defined as a general increase in prices and fall in the purchasing value of money. For example, if a six pack of beer costs eight dollars last year but this same six pack cost sixteen dollars this year then the annual inflation rate was a hundred percent this is because the price doubled for the same quality or quantity of beer and i've been talking about that all the time when i'm talking about the orange juice being the same price if not higher for a smaller amount that is what inflation does but to put it in proper perspective the most famous hyperinflation actually occurred in Zimbabwe and in Germany so read about those in your leisure in Zimbabwe their monthly inflation rate actually hit 7.9 to 10% and in 1923 the German government hyperinflation caused an exchange rate to rocket to 4.2 trillion and so two definitions of inflation using common definition bitcoin is deflationary because bitcoin's purchasing power increases over time however the traditional definition of inflation according to i don't want to say what according to the webster's dictionary was an increase in the supply of money that was unbacked by gold and um this time you know things are a little bit different and inflation is just going through the roof all over the world and so originally governments would inflate currency by debasing gold coins during the 20th century that's what the government would do and inflation um, would happen but now they're debasing our regular fiat currency which is predominantly whether we know it or not whether we you know want to admit it or not is mostly digital um, because a lot of things that we do are on the digital and someone asked me that question while I was on the stage at Afrotech what happens if the internet goes down what happens if um, you know we're somebody does something or we can't access the blockchain well if the internet is down nine times out of ten i'm going to say ten times out of ten you're not getting any money out of the atm machine neither are you getting it from a teller in the bank because they're going to tell you their systems are down and so either way you go you're in a precarious situation so i would rather have bitcoin because we can do side chain things without even having the internet and it takes rate videos and things of that sort but it's still possible um and so anyway not to get off the subjects but using the traditional definition bitcoin is inflationary because the supply of bitcoin increases over 
time. And so gold is also inflationary. As you all know, gold is considered the ultimate store of value because of one specific characteristic. It is scarce. No person or group can will or talk to God to create more gold and put it into existence. It's already there. The supply is controlled by nature. Point blank period. It's nothing else we can do. And uh, gold is just you know, it, it is what it's in. It's been around for the last 5,000 years. And as the inflation rating decreases, the price of Bitcoin should increase. And this is what we call Citrus Paribus. And so Bitcoin's inflation rate was hard coded into software that operates Bitcoin. Hard coding Bitcoin's inflation is similar to um, it's called a Milton Friedman's percentage rule that called for an algorithmic uh, and regulated inflation rate that would eliminate human error and temptation to manipulate the monetary base for political reasons. But we know that never happened because they always want to be in control and manipulate monetary base for any reason they want, not just political. But um, Bitcoin's inflation algorithm was designed to make Bitcoin even scarcer than gold. And as we know, good stores of value are always scarce. So there's a fixed amount of Bitcoin, which is 21 million Bitcoin that can ever be created, which means that no coins can be created once that amount is reached. So approximately 80%, actually about more like 90% of the total amount of Bitcoin has already been created. So Bitcoin's algorithmic uh, inflation rate since 2010 is displayed uh, in several different places on the internet where you can see just how brilliant this is and if you want to go a little bit further you can read the white paper because Satoshi Nakamoto actually explains it and, and it states it is designed to compensate for increasing hardware speed and varying interest in running nodes over time and the proof of work difficulty is determined by a moving average target and the moving average number of blocks per hour and that is a way uh, to generate the coin and make the difficulty increase so that it becomes scarce and that it always uh, is a hedge against inflation. As of July, of course, the Bitcoin rate of uh, rate of inflation was about uh, 4.25% and the difficulty adjustments have been going all over the place and it makes it possible to simply mine more Bitcoin which means to create more Bitcoin by allocating more computer resources to, to do the network as more people try to create Bitcoin by going into mining the software automatically increases the difficulty of successfully creating a Bitcoin and vice versa. And so this computer program and the technology behind Bitcoin is brilliant. Once the inflation rate reaches zero, miners will no longer be able to earn money from minting or creating newly um, new Bitcoin. Instead, transaction fees will have to increase or a number of trans 
actions will have to take place in order for the miners to get paid for what they do. The latest edition of some of the crypto reports that we are doing will be made available to everyone when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk KBLA 1580. All right, welcome forward. So as we get into a conclusion, although Bitcoin and gold are actually the only current inflationary monies, according to the traditional definition of inflation, their inflation rates are predictable and constantly decreasing. Similar to gold, Bitcoin's annual inflation rate will eventually reach 0%, and that's what we're looking forward to. According to the mainstream economic definition of inflation, Bitcoin is deflationary because the purchasing power of Bitcoin will increase over time. Currently, Bitcoin's purchasing power is extremely volatile. And I will repeat that. Currently, Bitcoin's purchasing power is extremely volatile, although this is expected to stabilize in the long run. And so I'm always telling you all right now what Bitcoin is doing is finding its way. And I believe in the next five to 10 years, we're going to be good. So we're just going to uh, hold, hold on for dear life, hodl, and make sure that we're constantly dollar cost averaging because that helps get rid of a little of the volatility, not a lot, but a little. Um, but since Bitcoin's total supply is fixed, the Bitcoin's purchasing power will continue to grow slowly over time. And again, this is not get rich quick. This is not a fast money play. This is for those of you who have not saved perfectly for retirement. Maybe you need to add just a little bit of this in, in a deflationary uh, this deflationary currency into your portfolio I wanted to make sure I was using the correct word because I don't want anyone to say uh, that I said anything different but I want to make sure that we're understanding that this is a slow and steady and it's going to happen over time and in the next two years I'm going to say a year and a half now we will have the Bitcoin having, which means half of the supply of Bitcoin that's made or created every 10 minutes will go and get cut in half which is going to make it more and more scarce and so for those of you that are out there looking and trying to figure out what currencies, cryptocurrencies you actually need to be getting involved in, I would tell you to look at the tokenomics all the way around and figure out if the coin that you are involving yourself has any deflationary type of mechanisms because it's important. 
it is truly important because if it's not scarce, if it doesn't have a, a hedge against deflation, eventually you're going to be in trouble in a lot of ways. And you don't even realize right now how critically important to have a de- it, how critically important it is going to be to have a deflationary asset. So I'm happy to know that we have Bitcoin. And so. Ladies and gentlemen, as we take a look at uh, all of the things that are going on, I just want to bring light to today, uh, which is a day uh, in history when a company by the name of BitConnect actually came into existence in this cryptocurrency space. And I kind of mentioned this a little early on and why this is important to our community because BitConnect did what they call a ICO and that stands for I um excuse me initial coin investment ICO initial coin investment and Bitcoin's first day was actually today BitConnect was uh, November 15th, which was yesterday, actually, um, in 2016, and they got a lot of our community involved. And basically, you had to give them your Bitcoin and they gave you a BitConnect coin and they were supposed to be doing all these things for you investing. But one of the things that I want you to take note of is in order to participate in that program, you had to have a VPN, a virtual private network, which means this company wanted you to not show that you lived in the United States because it was illegal to do here in the United States, but they managed to get a lot of our community involved and a lot of our community lost money because it was a rug pull. And so that happened on November 15th. It started uh, back in 2016. And so we want to make sure that we are really paying attention to some of the scams and the things that are going on. They're going to be popping up everywhere over the next couple of months because they know people are looking at what to get in that safe and they want to always talk about something that's safer than something else that you've seen implode and so I want our community to buy or beware so as we move forward ladies and gentlemen we're going to get into our daily dollar cost average and um we are going to really make sure that we are ready for what's in our wallet this Wednesday as we talk about buying, holding, and preserving our wealth in, in, this, in this world right now. It's really critically important. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So I wanted to say this um, because we know right here in California and probably all over the United States, people are winning these Powerballs, but somebody happened to win in the city that I actually just moved from. They won the big Powerball last week. And I want to do like Mr. Kramer did. And Jim Kramer is on CNBC. And when that big Powerball was won earlier this year, I believe it was around um, 41 million or something like that, that, well, actually 731 million. I just looked it up. Uh, someone won 
Um, he was suggesting that they put 5% of it in Bitcoin. And so I am and have always shared with our community that I think if you're looking at your overall portfolio, you need to be doing a small percentage of it in Bitcoin specifically. And as I look back at Kramer's um, actual statements back in January when this uh, seven hundred and thirty-one million dollars, and that's actually in 2021. He said, um, "Put five percent of all that you're getting in in the, from the lottery into Bitcoin. You don't buy it all at once, but it's important that you understand that it's a new store of value. So that's good information, and I'm glad to see that. And Kramer himself is the owner of a of Bitcoin, and the digital currency was was created in 2009, as he stated. And then he said um, that it's important to be diversified, and Bitcoin as an asset in that diversification will balance your assets. So sometimes you need to hear from more than just little old Naja. Here it is, Jim Cramer of CNBC telling folks that they need to be diversified in Bitcoin and his stance has not changed. There will only ever be 21 million. So let's remember that as we take out our black Wall Street wallet today to do our daily dollar cost averaging. And again, the black Wall Street wallet is... Uh, founded by actor, author, uh, philanthropist, father, um, Mr. Hill Harper, and he is doing a great job at providing a Bitcoin wallet for our community. And so he has done that through the Black Wall Street, building a Black Wall Street that cannot be burned, tore down, or bombed because it is 100% digital. And uh, he's got some good announcements. I told you all he's going to be coming on next week. And we're going to be hearing some of the announcements that he is going to share with us about the platform. But in the meantime, we are dollar cost averaging on the Black Wall Street. If you want to buy larger amounts amounts of Bitcoin, please feel free to reach out to me and my staff. We do have one of the only brick and mortar black owned woman owned exchanges in the nation. And we sit right in the Los Angeles area in Inglewood on Manchester. So please reach out. I'm Naja Roberts on all social medias. Naja Roberts, no underscores, no dots, no periods, just Naja Roberts. And if you see an imposter, I appreciate your advance notice and and the fact that you are going to report them because we want to get them away from telling people are scamming money from people. So thank you for doing that for me. But we are dollar cost averaging a DCA a day keeps poverty away. So we are clicking on the Black Wall Street wallet and we are now uh, clicking on buy asset, which is Bitcoin. And we are designating the wallet. My wallet is KBLA talk 1580. And uh, then we are going to click $6 and we're doing one time. Now, again, you can set this up and forget it. It can do it for you every single day, every single week, every single month, whatever you want to do. You can literally just set it up and it'll do it for you. But we are going to click one time and voila, we have purchased $6 worth of Satoshis and we're getting more Satoshis today 
than we did a couple of days ago because the price of Bitcoin has fallen just a tad bit. So a week ago, we got a lot less Satoshis, but today we're getting more. And so we've got to understand that we're taking advantage of the good times, the ups and the downs in the space because the value is what we get. Price is what we're paying. And so we are looking at the value and the value is going to be so much more, y'all. I, I promise if it's if it's and I guess I shouldn't say that because I'm going to have a whole bunch of people uh, coming, coming, looking for me. And I don't want to be on that list of folks that are sued. So I'm not providing any financial advice, rather sharing with you all what I am doing in my household and helping you to understand that this 21 million bitcoins that will ever be in existence have the ability to make their way into your portfolio if you choose to do so on a dollar cost average basis, or if you just want to outright pay 16,000 and buy one, we can do that for you too. But we give you your Bitcoin. We do not custody it. And you should not allow anybody else to custody your Bitcoin. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for rocking with me on Ahead of the Crypto Curve today as we explored inflation and Bitcoin as a deflationary asset. We are making way for the DL Hugh show i want to thank you again on behalf of kbla talk 1580 the unapologetically progressive radio station have a great day kbla 1580 santa monica